Hi, I'm Evangelist Donald Perkins of According to Prophecy Ministries, and I'm here today on Hope for Our Times in Pastor Tom's stead. You know, I never take for granted when Pastor Tom invites us to, to share his platform uh, to proclaim uh, God's prophetic truth. Now, we are, we're going into part two of the series we started last time, which is a series entitled The Reality of Hell. Again, this message, again, it's, um, it's one of those messages you don't really hear a lot. Uh, it's a biblical message that really need to be taught. And again, uh, we need to understand it. Now, what I want to do, I'm going to bring in my prophecy chart again. And again, this is a chart of time. And again, uh, as last week, uh, now we're dealing with the, the bottom part of the chart. We're going to go a little more in depth to look at hell. And we're going to see some amazing things that the scriptures uh, reveal uh, about, this, about this place called hell. Now, what I want to do... Last time we gave you uh, a little outline because I'm a topical teacher and I like to give topics. So what I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to give you a little, a little small review of what we looked at and some things we talked about and, and I'm going to bring us right up to where we're going to go. Uh, last time we looked at what uh, scholars are saying about hell and we quoted some scholars as well as some books in reference to that. Uh, we also defined hell. We gave you a, a brief definition of what hell is. Uh, and then we looked at false views on hell and we covered a number of Things. I covered some magazines and some periodicals, uh, some of the false teachings that are out there. Uh, and again, many people have actually bought into some of these false views because they don't know what the scripture literally teaches about hell. So we talked about that. Then we moved a little bit further and we looked at who created hell. And what I'm going to do here, uh, I'm going to give you the rest of the outline because we're going to see the rest of the outline as we go forward. But uh, I'm going to pick up again with who created hell and then we're going to take you all the way to the end. But we're going to go beyond that. We're going to look at hell is not a parable. I'm going to explain what I mean by that particular uh, topic there. Then we're going to see the five compartments of hell. You know, the Bible gives us five compartments and I'm going to show you the five compartments. Then we're going to see that hell is eternal. It's not, it won't burn out. Hell is eternal. I'm going to show you that scripturally. Then I'm going to show you where is hell located in the scriptures. The Bible is going to show us where it is. And then we're going to close up looking at the end of Satan in hell. Okay. So what I want to do, I'm going to pick up looking at who created hell. Now we closed last time looking at that, but I want to start again because a lot of people may not have seen uh, part one. So who created hell? Uh, look at the screen here. Who created hell? Father God, none other than Father God. He created hell. Hell is a place created by God, uh, created from the mind of God. It's a place of perfect judgment. Uh, I said last time that hell is holy because it was created by a holy God. Uh, I want to give you a, a text that I quoted last week, uh, last time I was with you, Matthew 25, 41. Jesus said, then shall he say also to them on the left hand, depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Here, Jesus uh, is, is talking about those people. Uh, this is at the end of the great tribulation. These people will find themselves uh, uh, as uh, goat nations. Uh, two nations will come before them. The sheep nation, goat nations, uh, goat, sheep nation on the right, goat nation on the left. The goat nations will be judged, the Bible said. They will be cursed into everlasting fire. But the, but the main part I want to bring out in verse 41 is something Jesus said. He said that this, this place called hell, it was prepared for the devil and his angels. It was never really God's will for mankind to go there. God, Father God, never wanted Father Adam to sin. And it was never God's will for mankind to go there. But when Adam sinned and plunged humanity into the state of sin that we're in, 
God had to accommodate the fault of man. Uh, I gave you another verse last week uh, found in Isaiah chapter 5, verses 13 and 14. I'm going to read that verse again. Uh, verse 13 of Isaiah 5, the prophet wrote, God says, Therefore my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge, and their honorable men are famished, and their multitudes drive with thirst. Therefore hell have enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure and their glory and their multitude and their pomp or their fame. And he that rejoices shall descend into it. Isaiah five is really powerful. God is letting us know that hell had enlarged itself to accommodate the fall of man because of man's pride and man's man's sin. God had to uh, make it bigger to accommodate man. So now not only will Satan and his angels go there, but also mankind will go there as well. So hell was created by a loving God. Now we're going to pick up and we'll go a little bit further in the study here. And we're going to come to the section. I like to call it hell is not a parable. And I want you to look at this picture here because uh, in, in some of your Bibles, you know, they, they are they are divided, you know, by, by little sections. And when you come to the Gospel of Luke chapter 16, verses uh, 19 through 31, we have the account of the rich man and Lazarus. But I want you to know something. Some of the Bible headers, they put there that this is a parable. Uh, uh, and I want you to go back to the screen. Go back to the picture. I'm going to show you something. We're going to see right here that, that this particular teaching is not a parable at all. Uh, we're going to see here that Luke 16 is a reality. Now, again, uh, to come back to the screen, I want to talk to you for a second. Uh, I'm going to take you through Luke 16 verses 19 through 31, and I'm going to prove to you that this is not a parable. But then after that, I'm going to show you a parable that Jesus gave where he interpreted the parable and that parable he's going to interpret, going to give us a reality of hell as well. But we're going to start off here. I want to bring up the text here. We're going to start here in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 16. And I'm going to start at verse 19. I'm going to give commentary as we go forward. We're going to look here at verse 19 of Luke 16. John wrote this. You know, uh, Jesus, uh, Luke wrote, uh, Jesus speaking, and there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. Verse 20, and there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores. Now, I want you to look at this particular uh, account here. Now, again, this is not a parable. I'm explaining to you that it's not a parable, but here Jesus is given the account of a man going to hell. He's going to show two men here. The first First man was this rich man. The Bible said he lived good. He fared sumptuously every day. He lived high on the hog, if you want to say it. Uh, he lived good. But then there was a beggar at his door by the name of Lazarus. And the Bible said Lazarus laid at this rich man's door, literally crying for mercy. He wanted, he wanted, he wanted this man to show some compassion on him, and this man didn't. Now, uh, one of the first statements I want to show you that this is not a parable because Jesus is literally talking about a beggar who has a name. His name was Lazarus. Uh, this is a real person that Jesus is talking about. Now, we're going to move a step further. We're going to look now at verse Number 21 of the same text in Luke 16, verse 21, Jesus uh, describing the Bible says here, talking about, this, talking about this man, Lazarus. And he says, and desiring to be fed with crumbs from the rich man's table, moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Verse 22, and it came to pass that the beggar, 
his name was Lazarus, died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Now I want to stop you for a second here. Jesus is giving us an actual account of a man dying or two men dying here. Uh, Lazarus, you know, he, the beggar, he died. And the Bible says, but he was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Now, when I get to the section of our study, looking at the five compartments, I'm going I'm to go more in depth to explain Abraham's bosom. But I want you to understand something, dispensation. Dispensation means it's a period of time. As Jesus is giving the account of this event, this is before the cross. This is before Jesus went to the cross. So uh, he hadn't he hadn't shed his blood yet to uh, atone for the sins of men. So this account is is dispensationally correct. Jesus given an account of a man, two men who died. One would go to Abraham's bosom and one would go uh, to hell. And we're going to see that as we go forward. But in verse 22, again, the Bible says here, it came to pass the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. So evidently Lazarus, he must have had the atonement on his life. And the Bible says when he died, the angels took him to Abraham's bosom. Then the Bible says the rich man died. He also died and he was buried. Now let's go to verse 23. Verse 23 says, and, uh, and in hell, talking about the rich man and in hell, he lifted up his eyes being in torments and see, uh, Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Now, Again, this is an amazing account. I'm going to explain it where you fully understand it. But here, here's the story. Abraham's bosom, it was a compartment in the underworld where God uh, protected and covered the righteous dead who were obedient to the atonement uh, of God. Uh, they were obedient to the law of Moses. So when they died, they, their, their flesh was buried, but their spirit and soul immediately went to Abraham's bosom. Now, Abraham's bosom, again, I want you to say this, I want, I want you to get an understanding. Abraham's bosom was before the, uh, before the cross of Christ. And here, uh, Abraham's bosom was a place for the redeemed. All the patriarchs of old that were covered by the atoning work of Christ, all of them uh, went before, uh, I mean, when they died, they went into Abraham's bosom. Now, on the other hand, the rich man, he went into hell or Hades and Sheol. And I'm going to talk about that as we go forward. Um, uh, again, verse 23 says, and in hell, the rich man, he lifted up his eyes, being in torments and see Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Okay. So where, where Lazarus was, was a place of comfort, but where the rich man was, was a place of torment. Again, we're going to see that uh, as we go forward. Now let's go to verse number 24. Look at this. Now, uh, in, in, uh, in, in this compartment here, you have, you have Abraham's bosom where, where Lazarus and Abraham was. And then you have, uh, Hades and Sheol where the rich man was, but between them was a great gulf fix. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But in verse 24, look at the account here, verse 24. And he talking about the rich man. And he cried and said, father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. Now, what well, we begin to see already uh, that Lazarus was in a different place versus this rich man. And I'm explaining to you in a little bit why the rich man went to hell. He didn't go to Hades and Sheol or this compartment of hell because he was rich. Uh, he went to hell for another reason. I'm going to explain it. But uh, uh, Abraham, uh, 
uh, is listening to this man. He's saying, he's saying, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus from where he is and let him dip his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. He said, I'm tormented in these flames. Where the rich man was at this time was a place of torment and a place of suffering. Now, we're going to move a step further and we'll look at verse number 25. As we look at the account here of the rich man and Lazarus. In verse 25 of verse 16, John, uh, uh, Luke wrote, And Abraham said, he said, Son, talking to the rich man, Remember thou in thy lifetime receivest thou good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he, Lazarus, is comforted, and thou art torment. I want to stop here for a second. Jesus is giving the account of the rich man and Lazarus. Both of these men died, but both men went to different places. And this was before the cross, before Jesus paid the price uh, to deliver mankind. So a, uh, uh, Lazarus, he went to Abraham's bosom. The rich man went to a different side of hell. There was a great gulf fixed in between them. And Jesus, in the account, he's going to tell us, or he's telling us here that where Lazarus was, it was a place of comfort. So all the Old Testament saints who died covered by the atoning work uh, of, of a sacrifice, they went to a place of comfort when they died. But the rich man, he went to a place of torment. And again, I want to reiterate, he didn't go there because he was rich. He went there for another reason, which we're going to see in a few minutes. Now, let's go back to the text. And we're going to pick up reading verses 26 and 27. Look at this. Uh, Abraham said, he's talking to the rich man. Abraham said, and besides all this, between us, between me and you, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, and neither can they pass to us that will come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou would send, send, send him to my father's house. Now here, Father Abraham is telling the rich man, listen, uh, where we are is a place of comfort, where you are is a place of torment, and besides all this, God has created a great gulf between both of us. Uh, we can't come to you and you can't come to us. Lazarus cannot dip his finger in water and cool your tongue, and nor can you get out of that place. And again, when we look at the five compartments, I'm going to explain in detail each one of those compartments, and it's going to be really made clear to you. Now, the latter part of verse 27 now we see this rich man, he now has compassion. Look what he says. Then said he, this latter part of verse 27, then said he, the rich man, I pray thee therefore, father, that thou wouldst send him to my father's house. Now, this rich man now has compassion thinking about somebody else. He said, listen, send Lazarus to my father's house. Why? We're going to see in a few minutes here that he has some brothers that he wants Lazarus to testify to because he don't want his brothers coming to the place called hell. You know, hell is a real place. This man, uh, uh, this rich man, uh, he, he's in hell because he rejected God. We're going to see that. Uh, but there he has full compassion for somebody else. He don't want his brothers coming there. Now, let's go back to the text. We're going to pick up at verse number 28. Look what, look what Luke wrote in verse 28. Talking to the rich man, he says, For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come to this place of torment. He did not want his brothers coming to the place of torment. He now has mercy and compassion for others, and he don't want them coming there. Now, let's go back to the text. We're going to pick up now in verse number 29. Look at verse 29. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, 
let them hear them. Now, this is key in understanding this text dispensationally. This is the period of time that was before the cross. Now, anything before the cross, mankind had to be obedient to the law of Moses. And therefore, uh, Abraham is telling this rich man, you, your brothers have the law of Moses and the prophets, basically just like you had. Uh, they got to hear the law in order to be atoned for so they won't come to this place. You know, even though you see a miracle, that miracle may not, may not cause them to come, uh, 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 you know, accept God. Uh, so Abraham said in verse 29, and Abraham said unto them, they have Moses and the prophets. Or in other words, they have the law and they must hear them. I'm going to pick up here in verse number 30 and 31. And he, the rich man, and he said, nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Now, this is key in understanding this text here, because here Moses is explaining to this rich man, the rich man in hell. He's in torments. He says, send Lazarus back to do a miracle that he that my brothers don't come to this horrible place. I don't want my brothers to suffer. Moses I mean, Abraham said they have the law. They have Moses and the prophets. They must hear the law of Moses and prophets uh, to receive. God, if they don't have an atonement over them, uh, uh, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna wind up in the same place. But then Abraham said, he said, you know, uh, if your brother saw a miracle, that won't persuade them either. You know, he want them to hear the law. And again, dispensation, dispensation means a period of time. This was correct timing when Jesus gave this account because he hadn't gone to the cross yet. Uh, faith was not in yet in a sense of we receive Christ by faith. Uh, mankind had to have an atoning work. Uh, that meant that uh, some animal had to be shed uh, blood uh, to make an atoning work for him. So this was before the cross, before Jesus paid the price. So here, Abraham is telling him, your brothers, they need to hear the law of Moses. Now, in verse 31, I want to read something again that's going to let us know why the rich man went to hell. He didn't go to hell because he was rich. I'm going to read verse 30 and 31 again. Look at the text. And he said, nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. I want to stop there. The reason why the rich man went to hell, not because he was rich, he went to hell because he didn't repent. He didn't turn away from his sins. He didn't yield to the law of Moses. He wasn't obedient to the law of Moses. Now today, uh, a lot of people can fall in the same situation by not turning to Christ, by not receiving Jesus as their Lord and Savior. You know, salvation, as I mentioned earlier, is a free gift. You don't work for the gift, you receive the gift. Salvation is a free gift that all you have to do is accept him. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. You receive Christ, you'll have eternal life, and you can miss this place called hell. But this man wound up there because he didn't accept the law and the prophets during his time. He didn't uh, have a lamb that was slain for his sins, so therefore he went to this place on his own merits. I want to say to you today, don't go to hell on your own merits because, listen, you cannot live good enough to go to heaven. That's why Jesus died. Now, Let's move a little further. What I'm going to do now, I want to show you a parable that Jesus did give. And I'm going to show you in the parable, uh, 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 what I want to do, I'm going to, I'm going to give you the parable, I'm going to give you the text. And then what I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to read his, his interpretation of the parable, which is going to give us the same example that hell is a real place. So look at the text here. Uh, Jesus gave a parable in the book of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 24 through 30. And this is the parable of the wheat and the tares. Now we know this parable. Many of you 
you've heard this parable. You know the parable. Uh, but in Matthew chapter 36, I mean, chapter 13, verses 36 to 43, Jesus will give the meaning of the parable that points to a literal hell and not a figurative one. So what I'm going to do here, uh, Matthew 13, 24 through 30, and you bring the screen back to me, uh, Matthew, Matthew chapter uh, 13, verses uh, 24 through 30, Jesus gives the account of the parable. So you can read that, read that account uh, on your own time. Read that, that whole parable. But what I'm going to do now, I'm going to take you to Matthew 13, verse number 36, as Jesus began to give the interpretation of a parable, but that parable is going to give us a literal meaning of hell. So look at the screen and let's go to the text. Matthew chapter 13, verses 36. Listen to this. Then Jesus sent the multitudes away and went into the house and his disciples came to him saying, declare unto us the parable of the tares in the field. Verse 36 and 38, I mean, 30, uh, 37, 38. He answered and said unto them, he that soweth the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world and the good seed are the children of the kingdom. But the tares are the children of the wicked one. So here Jesus is given the interpretation of the parable of the wheat and the tares. And he's saying that the good seed that was sown, uh, I mean, he said the soil was the son of man. He said uh, the field is the world and the good seed is the children of God. But the tares are the children of the wicked one. You know what they're telling me? It says that everybody is not a child of God. If you're not born again, the Bible says here that these are children of the wicked one. Now, let's go further because we got time. Our time is moving fast. Let's go back to chapter uh, 13. We're going to pick up now at verses 39 and, and 40 as Jesus further gives interpretation of the parable. Uh, verse 39, Jesus wrote, I mean, Jesus said, the enemy that sold them or the one who sold these tares is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world. And the reapers are the angels, as therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of the world. This is so clear. Jesus is giving the interpretation of the parable of the wheat and the tares. But this parable, this symbolic parable, the interpretation is a literal uh, interpretation of people going to the place called hell. It's a real place. He said here, uh, as tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end. They're going to be cast into the flames of hell. The unredeemed, those who have rejected God, they will be cast into this place called hell. It's a real place. It's no joke. It's a reality. Now, I want to take you back to the text. We're going to look at verse 42 and 43. Jesus is further giving us understanding of the parable of the wheat and tares, which is a literal interpretation of what hell is. Look at verse 41. He said, the son of man shall send forth his angels and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and they which do iniquity and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailings and gnashing of teeth. So Jesus parable of the wheat and the tares, the literal interpretation is mankind who reject God will go to this place called hell. It's a furnace of fire where there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Mankind uh, who reject God, they, they, they will go to hell. It's not God's will that man go there, but they will go there because of their rejection of him. 
Now I'm going to close up with the last verse here uh, in this particular parable. Uh, Jesus is giving the interpretation. We're going to look now at verse 43 uh, as, we, as Jesus closed out the interpretation here. Look at verse 43. Jesus said this, Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Uh, who have ears, let him hear. So the unredeemed, these tares, they will be cast into hell fire, the furnace of fire, uh, where there's gnashing of teeth. They will be there forever and ever to burn. Uh, but the righteous, they're going to shine like the sun in his kingdom. In, in other words, the righteous, the wheat, those that have received God's uh, uh, atoning work through his son, Jesus Christ, we're going to spend eternity in heaven. We're going to spend eternity upon the new heavens and new earth. We're going to spend eternity forever with God in his kingdom. Listen, heaven is real and hell is also real. And you must understand that. You must understand that. Now, Let's move a little bit further in the study. And now what we're going to look at now, we're going to look at the five compartments of hell. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to take my time to go through, because I want you to understand this. And what I'm going to do here, I'm going to bring in our prophecy chart. So I'm going to bring in the chart. And what I'm going to do, I'm just going to show you these compartments here. We're going to look at the, these five compartments of hell. Uh, and I just want you to watch the screen here. You see the first circle there, that first red circle? We're going to look at Abraham's bosom. We just talked about it, but I'm explaining it to you. And I'm going to show you again. Abraham's bosom, it was before the cross of Christ. Abraham's bosom before the cross. This is the great gulf that, uh, that, uh, that, that uh, Abraham was telling the rich man about great gulf in between Abraham's bosom. And this compartment is called Hades and Sheol. This is the Greek and Hebrew form of the word hell. Uh, again, this is where the unredeemed go. We're going to see that. Then the next circle here, this is called Tartarus. Uh, we're going to understand and get to understanding what Tartarus is. Then we're going to see uh, the bottomless pit. I'm going to give you an understanding what the bottomless pit, and then we're going to close up by showing you the eternal hell. Okay, we're going to see the literal hell. So I'm going to bring in the chart, and we're going to look now at uh, Abraham's bosom. Now, to bring the screen to me for a second, I'm going to show you something. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go through each one of these ones, and I'm going to give you the counsel. You understand what they are. But these are the five literal compartments of the underworld. Uh, the Bible gives us scriptures on every one of them. And again, I'm going to explain. So now, let's look first now at the first compartment, which is Abraham's bosom. And they're bringing the screen. And I'm, let, me, let me explain Abraham's bosom. Abraham's bosom is the place referred to as the paradise of old. It was the compartment where where all righteous dead of the Old Testament were kept. There was no torment or suffering in Abraham's bosom. It was simply a place of holding until the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus paid the price by shedding his blood at the resurrection, uh, at the resurrection of Jesus. Abraham's bosom was emptied and removed from the heart of the earth and is now located in heaven. All the, uh, the captives were set free and resurrected. So uh, at the time of the resurrection of Christ, uh, Abraham's bosom was delivered. As a matter of fact, when Jesus rose from the dead, the Bible says many of the graves of the saints were open. Uh, here, I believe this is when Abraham's bosom was delivered. Uh, even today, when a Christian died today, they no longer go to Hades, I mean, go to Abraham's bosom. Uh, the scripture in 1 Corinthians 15 says that we're absent from the body, that we're present with the Lord. So this compartment is no longer occupied for the redeemed. Uh, also, just give you another little note here. Remember when Jesus was at Calvary's cross and he died between two thieves. And one of those thieves asked Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus told him, he said, this day you will be with me in paradise. 
Christ. Now, did Jesus go up to heaven at the time? No, he didn't. He went down to Abraham's bosom. He said, this day you'll be with me in paradise. Many scholars call Abraham's bosom. It was the paradise of old. It was a place where God uh, covered the righteous who were obedient to the law. And this is where Jesus took that man until his resurrection. When Jesus was risen from the dead, the Bible says he took his blood before the throne of God and it appeased the wrath of God. And the Bible says the, the veil in the temple was rent from top to bottom, from God to man. Uh, a way now had been made for mankind to go into God's presence. So today when a Christian die, he no longer goes to Abraham's bosom, but he goes into, uh, into heaven uh, and he's there. Now, we're going to move a step further. I'm going to bring in the chart again, and we're going to now move to the next compartments, which is, which is Hades and Sheol. So we're going to bring in the chart. When you see the next compartment, you see the red dot there. Uh, we, we're now looking at Hades and Sheol. What is Hades and Sheol? The term Hades is the Greek form of the word hell. The definition of the word Hades is as follows. It is a place or the place or state of departed souls. The term Sheol is the Hebrew word for hell. In the Hebrew term, the word Sheol is defined as Hades or the world of the dead as a subterranean retreat. Its, uh, its associates and inmates, the grave, hell, the pit. So Hades and Sheol is the Greek and Hebrew form for the word hell. Now, the reason why I want to give you this, the term here, Hades and Sheol, because a lot of times when you meet a Jehovah's Witness, they, they, uh, 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 they try to appear like they're real scholarly, and they try to throw these big words on, you know, all hell is is, is, uh, is Hades and Sheol. Uh, all it is is the common grave. Well, hell is not the common grave. It's not just the common grave. Hell, based on Scripture, this compartment, Hades and Sheol, what it is, is a compartment where the, uh, where the unredeemed go, the spirit and soul of the unredeemed go until the last resurrection. And again, we'll talk a little bit about that, but the rich man that we talked about in Luke 16, he is still right now in, in Hades and Sheol. His spirit and soul is still in Hades and Sheol. His flesh is still in the earth awaiting the resurrection at the end. That's going to happen at the end. And he'll be resurrected, uh, go back into his flesh, and then he'll stand before the white throne judgment of God. Now, again, this is Hades and Sheol. So today when a person dies outside of, of, of the blood of Christ, uh, he's not born again. We bury his flesh, but immediately the spirit and soul of the unredeemed goes to Hades and Sheol. And it's a, it's a real place because when, when, uh, when the rich man went there, based on Luke 16, he understood he was in a place of torment. You know, scholars call that body that they're in an intermediate body. It's a real spirit body where they can feel. This man could feel the flames there, and he realized he was in a place of torment. Now, Let's move forward because my time is moving. I'm going to give you the next compartment. Uh, this next compartment we're going to see here is Tartarus. Now look at the next circle. This is called Tartarus. Uh, Tartarus is the Greek form of the word here. And what we're going to see here, Tartarus is the Greek form of the word hell. It is the compartment where fallen angels are kept reserved in chains of darkness until they are judged by God and cast into the final hell, the lake of fire. We find this in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, and Jude 1, verse 6. Uh, uh, I'm going to read here verse, uh, I'm going to read here 2 Peter 2 and, uh, 2 and 4. 2 Peter reads, For if God spared not the angels that sin, but cast them down to hell, or Tartarus, and delivered them in chains of darkness to be reserved unto the judgment. Now, 
what this is, this is a place that God created in the underworld for a certain group of Satan's angels. These angels went on assignment and they tried to uh, cohabitate in, with the seed of man. Uh, they tried to get into the seed of man. And what, what happened, they overstepped the bounds that God allowed. You know, Satan, he, he does have a, a free uh, uh, place to roam, but, but, but God limits uh, what he can do. And what happened, uh, these angels went on assignment to get into the seed of man and God judged them. The Bible said these angels, they are now in Tartarus, this compartment of hell. They are there reserved unto the time of judgment. What's going to happen at the white throne judgment? God's going to judge them. They will be released from Tartarus. God's going to judge them at the white throne and these angels will be cast into the eternal hell, which we'll see uh, uh, in a few minutes. Now, let's move to the next compartment, which is compartment number four of hell. And we're going to bring, going to bring in the chart here. And now we're going to see the compartment called the bottomless pit or the abyss. What is this bottomless, uh, this, this bottomless pit or the abyss? The abyss or the bottomless pit is the compartment of hell where Satan will be bound for 1,000 years during the reign of Christ on earth. Revelation chapter 20, verse 1 through 7. Also during the time of the great tribulation period, it will be, it will be where the locust-like scorpion creatures will come and torment mankind for five months. You read that in Revelation chapter 9, verses 11, uh, through, I mean 1 through 11. This is the trumpet judgment when God released that fifth trumpet judgment and these locusts will come from the bottomless pit to vex men on earth for five months. The abyss will not be the eternal home of Satan. He will be loosed from this prison to be judged and then cast into the lake of fire forever. Now, this lake of fire, I'm sorry, this bottomless pit, this compartment is where Satan will be bound for 1,000 years during the time uh, of the millennial reign of Christ. What's going to happen? You read Revelation 20. God is going to bind Satan. He will be cast into the, into the bottomless pit so he'll have no influence during Christ's kingdom, during the millennial kingdom. Uh, the Bible said God's going to bind him in the bottomless pit so he will not have the ability to deceive mankind in the millennium. You know, people in the millennium that sin, they cannot say that the devil made me do it because Satan's deceptive influence will not be there during that time. Those who sin, they're going to sin because of the sin nature. God's going to put them in a perfect environment and those people will sin uh, because they still have fleshly sin in their bodies. They're going to have to accept Christ just like we did during our dispensation uh, like we did. They're going to receive Christ to be saved as well. But during that time, God's going to bind Satan for a thousand years and then at the end of this uh, thousand year, God's going to release the devil this is 20, Revelation 20, verse 7, for a season. And what's going to happen, uh, Satan will be released. His influence will come back into the earth at the close of the millennial kingdom. And what's going to happen, the Bible says he's going to deceive a multitude of people that will number as the sands of the sea. At the close of the millennial kingdom, God's going to release Satan from his bottomless pit prison and he's going to allow Satan's influence to come back into the millennium. And what it's going to do, it's going to expose the hearts of men and women who, doubt, who do not want to honor Christ during the time of the millennial kingdom. And then God's going to judge those people. And then he's going to also judge Satan. And then he will cast Satan into the lake of fire. Now, we're going to move to the last compartment, which is the eternal hell. So what we're going to do now, we're going to move to 
the last compartment of hell, and you see the red dot there. This last compartment is called the lake of fire. Another name is called Gehenna. So what is the lake of fire? The lake of fire is the eternal home of all sin and rebellion. Another name for this place is called Gehenna. At the close of the great white throne, judgment of God, this will be the home of the wicked. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 through 15. Satan will be there for all eternity and will be tormented day and night forever and ever and, ha uh, and having no rest. Also, Hades and Sheol, that compartment of hell, Hades and Sheol will be cast into the eternal hell, the lake of fire. Those who inhabit Hades and Sheol will be resurrected to face the great white throne judgment. Then they will be cast into the lake of fire. In the end, the wicked, Satan, fallen angels, and sin will have their part in the lake of fire, which burns forever and ever. Now, I want you to know some saints. The lake of fire is the eternal home of the devil, fallen angels, an unregenerated heart. I mean, people that have not received Christ, those who rejected the, the Old Testament atonement, they're going to be there. Those who reject Christ in the New Testament, they're going to be there. Those men and women who have turned their back on God's love advance. I want to say to you today, if you listen to Brother Perkins today and you're not born again, I want to challenge you to get saved today. While there's breath in your lungs, receive Jesus Christ today and you'll have life. Listen, you don't have to go to hell. Jesus died on the cross so you can so you can miss that place. He died on the cross to give you eternal life. But guess what? Many people will reject God's love advance and they're going to find themselves in hell. You know something? God does not send people to hell. You know what sent people to hell? People's choice. Your very choice will send you to hell. I want to say to you today, today is the day of salvation. Choose Jesus while you have breath in your lungs. Accept him today because Jesus Christ died to give you life. Hell is real, my friend. Now, I'm watching my time, so I got to move a little further, a little further in this study. Now, what we're going to look, look next now, we're going to look at is hell eternal? And I want to give you some examples showing you that hell is eternal. Uh, some have taught today that hell is not eternal. Some have taught that, again, that, that, that hell is, uh, is, is, is on burnout. You know, I got an article that was presented by the Seventh-day Adventists. They gave 10 reasons to reject eternal torture. You know, totally unbiblical. I mean, uh, totally unbiblical teaching. Hell is eternal. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you some verses. I'm going to bring some passages in the screen. And I encourage you to write these verses down. Here's the first one I want to give you. Matthew chapter 18, verse 8. Listen to what it says. To be cast into everlasting fire. Here, the verse, verse 8 of chapter 18, Matthew says that they will be cast into everlasting fire. How long is everlasting, saints? It's everlasting. Here's the next verse I want to give you. Uh, this next verse is found in Matthew 25, 46. It says, and these shall go away into everlasting punishment. Not only is the fires of hell everlasting, but even the punishment is everlasting. This lets me know people won't, people won't burn up when they go to hell. Uh, it won't, they won't cease to be tormented. Hell is real. Here's the next verse I want to give you, Revelation 20, 10. It says here, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. The scriptures are clear. Those that go there, they shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. They don't cease to be tormented. They don't burn up. Uh, hell is real. Jesus died on Calvary's cross so you can miss this place. He understood the reality of hell so much because he want to give you life so you can miss this place. Hell is eternal. Here's another. Look at, look at this one. Revelation chapter 14, 10. So we're going to read here verse 11. 
It says, and the smoke of their torments ascend up forever and ever, and they have no rest day nor night. This is given reference to those people who received the mark of the beast during the time of the tribulation. The scripture says here that they shall, uh, that the smoke of their torment shall ascend up forever and ever. And it says they shall have no rest forever. I mean, yeah, I, I mean the smoke, uh, the smoke of their torment is sent up forever and ever, and they shall have no rest day nor night. Meaning that this judgment will never cease. Listen, hell is real. This is not something that we play with. Hell is real, and you need to understand that. God wants you to understand the reality of this place. Now, what I want to do here, I'm going to show you an example in the scriptures to show you that hell is eternal. So I want you to look at this verse here. This is Revelation chapter 19, verse number 20. Now I'm gonna bring, I got a picture of my chart on the side. So this event here that I'm about to give you, this is this this here is right at the end of the tribulation, right before the beginning of the millennial kingdom. And what's gonna happen here uh, from the battle of Armageddon here, uh, Antichrist and false prophet, the Bible says, will be cast alive into the lake of fire. Now I'm gonna pick up the text, I'm gonna read verse Verse number 20, listen to this. And the beast or the antichrist was taken and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him with which he deceived them that received the mark of the beast and them that worshiped his image. These both, the antichrist and false prophet were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone. So look at the chart again, I'm gonna bring the chart in again. Right here is this account, the antichrist and false prophet at the end of the tribulation at the battle of Armageddon theater Antichrist and false prophet will be cast alive into the lake of fire. They won't even go before the white throne judgment. God's going to take them from Armageddon straight to the lake of fire. Now, uh, at, at, at this point here, at the beginning here, God's going to bind Satan. So Satan will be bound in the bottomless pit a thousand years at the beginning, and he'll be bound for 1,000 years. Now, we're going to pick up with the text again. We're going to see 1,000 years later. We're going to see when Satan is cast into hell. Now, this is a thousand years later. I'm going to read the text for you. Revelation 20, verse 10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. Listen at this. Where the beast and the false prophet are. That's present tense. And shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. So here... Uh, uh, the Antichrist and false prophet will be cast alive into the lake of fire a thousand years before Satan get there. But when Satan is cast there, chapter 20, verse 10, they are still there in hell burning. So the point I'm trying to show you, uh, if they bring the, back, bring the screen back, the point I'm trying to show you is that when the Antichrist and false prophet go to hell, they are going to go to the lake of fire a thousand years before Satan. But when Satan is cast a thousand years later, they are still there. The Bible said where the beast and the false prophet are, showing you that hell is eternal. Now, my time is running out, so I got a few more things to give you. I want to show you where hell is located. Where is hell located? The Bible is quite clear. I'm going to give you a few passages here. Uh, in the book of Numbers, I'm, I'm going to talk to you. This is an account in the Old Testament where God judged Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. These men, they challenged the authority of God. And what happened, Moses told Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, he said, now, if, if, if what I've done was on my own, if, if I made Aaron the high priest on my own, 
He said, then you men will die a natural death. He said, but if, if God have called me to be the, be the, be the, be the, uh, you know, be the head and my brother Aaron to be the priest, the high priest, then you will die a different death. God's going to do something different. So we're going to pick up here in Numbers chapter 16, verses 32 and 33, and it's going to reveal to us where hell is. Look at this. Uh, Numbers chapter uh, uh, 16, verse 32. It says, And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up, and their houses and all that all, uh, all the men that pertain to Korah and all their goods. Verse 33, they and all that, all that pertain to them went down alive into the pit, uh, uh, into Sheol. The word pit there is tr translated Sheol. Uh, and the earth closed upon them and they perished from before the congregation. So what God did, God judged them. He did a new thing. The Bible says when God judged Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, the Bible says that the earth opened and they fell. Them, their families, their stuff, their cattle, their wives, their children. God opened the earth and the earth swallowed them. The Bible said they fell alive to the pit. They went straight to the pit, which is Sheol, which is the Hebrew form of the word hell. They fell straight to hell. So guess where hell is? Hell is in the heart of the earth. Hell is in the heart of the earth. Now, because of time, I want to give you this last little thing, because I got some other verses I could give you, but I want to close up here looking at the end of Satan in hell. And this is my favorite part of the study, because the Bible lets us know that the devil will go to hell. I'm going to give you a few verses here. Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 14. Look what it reads. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down uh, to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into the heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon, upon, the, upon the mount of congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. This is, this is uh, the judgment uh, of Satan. You know, he's going to be cast down to hell. Let's go back to chapter 14, verse 15, 16. He said, scripture says, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee saying, is this the man that caused the earth to tremble that did shaken the nation? You know, when Satan is cast to hell, the Bible says, they're going to narrowly look at him and say, is that the man that caused the earth to tremble? When Satan is cast and judged into hell, and those there are already there in here. They're going to see him come down. Is that the one? Is he the, is he's the one? Satan will literally be cast into hell and he's going to go to this judgment. Now I'm going to give you this last verse here. Revelation chapter 20, verse number 10. Uh, John wrote this, verse 10. This is one of my favorite verses in the scripture. Revelation 20, 10 says, And the devil, Satan, and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Satan will be cast into the lake of fire, this place that was prepared for him by God, and for his fallen angels, and for rebellious mankind. Those who have rejected God's love advance, those who have done it their way, those who've taken all the gusto out of life, and they didn't surrender their life to Christ. They're going to find themselves in this place where Satan will be not controlling hell, but Satan along with them will be tormented and vexed forever and ever. 
I want you to know something, my friend. Hell is real. It's not something you play with. And I want to say to you today, if you're not born again, today is the day of salvation. All you have to do is receive Jesus Christ. Lord, forgive me for my sins. I'm sorry. I'm a sinner lost without you. Lord Jesus, today I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Today, oh God, I accept the free gift of salvation, which is given by your son. Today, I believe, Lord Jesus, you died on the cross and you rose from the dead to give me life. Today, Lord, I accept the gift of of salvation. I want to say to you, my friend, don't, don't die without Jesus. Don't leave this world without giving your life to Jesus, allowing the blood, the blood of Christ to, to remove the stain of sin that was on you at birth. Today, I'm going to heaven, not because I'm a good man. I'm going to heaven because what Jesus did. And again, I want to say to you, today is the day of salvation. Today, you can accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. You know, it's been an honor uh, again to be uh, here uh, in Pastor Tom's stead. And again, it's just an honor. I hope we've shared something that has challenged your heart and your belief. Uh, as I always like to do, uh, Pastor Tom allowed me to mention some of the materials that we have. So I'm going to bring a few things in the screen here. Uh, we're going to close up with this. We just closed our series. Uh, uh, we have a, a weekly, I mean, a monthly, a yearly conference called the West Coast Prophecy Conference. And we just closed the conference. Myself, along with uh, Jeff Kinley, uh, we, we did the conference. It was a three-day conference. The theme of the conference was entitled Understanding the Apocalypse, Revealing uh, uh, the Riches of the Book of Revelation. You can go to our website and, and order this series there. You can get it in, in six CDs or six DVDs, or you can get it digitally in a USB form, but you have all the programs there. You can pick them up at our website. Uh, last time I was with you, I taught a message on the reality of heaven. We looked at heaven. You can get the DVD there as well. And then the message we just looked at in a one and part one and part two series, uh, the reality of hell, you can get that there as well. Then we have our manual, Bible prophecy manual, uh, God's order of events. Uh, in the back, we have a pullout chart. And as I mentioned last program, we have a full study there on the reality of hell. Well, I list all of the compartments and we explain them there. You can go there and get that. You can get that also at, at our website. And then last but not least, we have our prophecy chart. We do uh, offer it as a standalone chart. We even have it uh, uh, in Spanish. You can get it there in Spanish at our website. Now, again, our website is www.according2prophecy.org. Uh, we're part of uh, Facebook, uh, Parlor, and Twitter. Uh, we're part of the Truly Family Entertainment Network. We have our official YouTube site, and then we have a weekly program that airs uh, on his channel called Your Future in Bible Prophecy. I want to encourage you to stop by our site, and you can visit us there. But again, it's been an honor and a privilege uh, to be on Hope for Our Times program, standing instead for Pastor Tom Hughes. You know, it's always a blessing. You know, Pastor Tom, I, mean, I thank God for him allowing us to share his, share his platform. What, you know, what, what a humble man to allow me to share his platform. Uh, again, I want to encourage you to continue to support Hope for Our Times ministry. It's a blessed ministry. And again, God will bless you there. So again, uh, this is uh, Brother Perkins. Uh, and again, it's been a privilege to be with you. And I hope uh, that these two series, these two studies has blessed your time. All right. God bless you. And I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, HopeForOurTimes.com and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.